Bro. The video is lagging bad. It's... It doesn't even show you moving for me. No, I'm frozen. Yeah. Hello and welcome back to the Second and Two Podcast. I'm your host, TB. I got my co-host, producer extraordinaire, and connoisseur of hats, master of the grills, um, all things great in the world. He's Jody. What's up, Joe? What's good, bro? You know, master of the grills might be coming to fruition actually now. I was I was whipping up some burgers at work today for the first time in like I don't know how long. Wow. So that'll be that'll be fun to see. New new Jody <laughs> at work. New Jody. But yeah, how are you, man? How was the weekend? Had a long good, bro. One. Good, good. Um, you know, just coaching. Uh, <laughs> not football anymore. Now it's basketball, and in the thick of that tournament season, you know, you know how it rolls. Hey. Watching football, the whole deal. Mm-hmm. It rolls on, my friend. It just keeps rolling. There you go. Uh, the, the the time keeps going, and we're just moving along with it. No question. So we'll uh, obviously, you know, the people are here, you know, for a lot of reasons. We talk a lot about the NFL, but we do every so often occasionally touch on some college football. And based on recent developments, we have to touch on that today. Um, We're recording Wednesday this week because it's such a busy week for both of us. So Mm -hmm. we're now about four or five days removed. Obviously, college football playoff selection Came out Sunday. Michigan, Washington, Texas, Alabama. No yeah. Florida State, no Georgia, no, no Ohio State. Um, did the committee get it right, Jody? I will say, I'm going to say just yes, just because I think that, you know, I saw a video. I don't know if you've seen it. It was, I believe it's Brian Kelly, right? That's the LSU guy. Is that his first yes. name? Yes. Okay. So Mitch sent that to me and Johnny basically saying that there's four, there's obviously only four spots and there's five power fives, obviously, right? Total for each. He's like, so you can't leave out one of the dudes, but if it ever happens to that case, like, yeah, granted, Florida State went 13 and 0, right? But SEC is like the powerhouse of the whole thing. They got the most mm-hmm. dudes that always go to the NFL. So you kind of need Alabama. You can't throw in Georgia, really, because they just lost to them. But, I mean, you could make the case, right? But then you got to leave out another one of these teams that are already in there. Michigan went crazy all year. They beat everyone, even with, with your guy, got a uh, binocular watch. Despite <laughs> all that, still still undefeated. Washington, undefeated from the Pac-12. And that is no longer to exist after this year. And then Texas, they beat Alabama. So, I guess... They they only had what one loss, correct? Am I not mistaken? Yeah, lost. To yeah, Oklahoma. and if they beat if they beat Alabama, they kind of needed that last spot. In Florida State, I mean, I don't know many teams in the ACC besides like Clemson, but also I don't. I think that's kind of telling. You know what I mean? That that's probably part of the reason they got snubbed as that first spot. Um, and then they also lost their quarterback. That's another talking point we need to mention. That and so, 
at the end of the day, I think this is the best option. Granted, you could also make the case for Georgia in my eyes, but I think leaving them out, you you could just you know, Florida State has the best side of it now. They could be like, we were we, we would have won, but they didn't let us in. You know, they could play that route all day. Well, as long they as they be, win their bowl they game, be Georgia. Yeah, they got to be yeah. Georgia in the bowl game. That's the um, only thing. Yeah, I mean, I think the the committee has an impossible task in mm-hmm, a year like uh-huh. this year. You know, I think in general, most years it sort of worked itself out where we knew who the four yeah. were. And generally, you could make a case that the four most deserving were also the four best. So we never had yeah. this conflict. And a year like this year, no matter what you did, they were going to break. They were going to break a trend, right? Yeah. I mean, you look at it. Okay, Michigan beat Ohio State. They won the Big Ten. Generally regarded as a. You know that's a that's a conference where if you go thirteen and zero and you win the conference, win the champion conference championship, you're you're likely going to be in. Okay, Washington wins the Pac-12, both you know winning both games against Oregon, which was really hard. Oregon yeah. was highly regarded. Yeah, you know, I think too. we we understood that the Pac-12 was top to bottom one of the better conferences this year, if not the best. So okay, Washington is in. Right, those two, those were no brainers. After that, you're saying to yourself, okay, Florida State won the ACC. They also beat Florida and LSU, two SEC teams in their non conference, right? Um, And, you know, along the way, along the way, I mean, LSU is ranked in the top 15 with a Heisman candidate. So the fact that they beat them. They play early on, am I not? They did, but then if you say that, you could say Texas played Alabama early on that same week. So, you know, you look at Florida State, 13-0 ACC champs, had to be, you know, their bigger wins, Louisville, Clemson, and then LSU. They lost the quarterback. That certainly gave the committee an out, I think. Yeah, no. Um, Had they had Jordan Travis, I I think it's – at that point, you can't keep them out. Like they would have been a no-brainer if they're the three seed at that point, uh-huh. and then you would have had the debate between Texas and Alabama. Texas and Alabama, mm-hmm. you know. So okay, if you leave Florida State out, you're leaving out an undefeated Power Five champ. They've never done that. All right. Okay, if you leave Texas out, well, they beat Alabama head to head, and they've always yeah. claimed you know conference championships and head to head were major tiebreakers. So if you left. Texas out and put Alabama in, I think you would have had just as big of an uproar. Okay, well, if you leave Alabama out, you're leaving out a one-loss SEC champion who's coming mm-hmm. off beating Georgia, who's the you know two-time defending national champion, had yeah, won 29 true. games in a row, right? So no matter what, you're going to feel like whoever got left out absolutely got screwed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was going to happen no matter what. They had an impossible task. And so at the end of the day, um, when you look at this, I, I I was sick for Florida State. I hated it for them. Uh, you know, I was very impressed with – a lot of people said that it wasn't an impressive win against Louisville. Dude, their defense held Louisville, who had been a pretty good offense, to six points. 
You know, yeah, I mean, their impressive. defense was was impressive. They won with their third-string quarterback. How many teams would go win with their third-string quarterback in a conference championship? There's just not many. So yeah, from that standpoint, I was impressed with them. I do feel bad for them. I thought Mike Norvell made great points. They did everything they possibly could, and they were penalized for it. So from that standpoint, I hate it. Ultimately, I think this is one of those deals where, you know, when people want to blame referees, right, and they talk about, like, there's a big issue in, yeah. in, in, in college football with targeting, right? And people are like, ah, mm -hmm. why did the referee make that call? And then you kind of come back and you say, well, we can't blame the referee. He made the call letter of the law. It was the right call. Yeah, we got to blame the people making the rules. Making the rules that actually make that referee make that call, right? In this case, I think we can't blame the committee. The committee did what they were tasked with doing, right? I mean, yeah. I think they came away with what they thought were the four best teams. And ultimately, we can't blame them. We got to blame the system in place that it's a dumb system that would leave out an undefeated Power 5 champ and not even give yeah. them a chance, right? So no matter what they did, they were going to be wrong in a lot of people's eyes. And uh, so I think they had an impossible task. I think at the end of the day, anyone who says they know who the four best teams are, that's a pretty subjective deal. Yeah. It's really yeah. It's really hard to do. To say, I, I think they probably got four teams that are going to give us good matchups. The best football, yeah. And that's so. I, from the standpoint of, did they give us good matchups? Did they give us what they thought were the four best teams? They did their job, and I'm not yeah. ultimately I'm not upset about it. I think I was fine with Alabama being in. I would have been fine with Florida State being in. I, it sucks for Florida State. I would have said the same thing for Alabama, though. That, hey, it sucks for them, too. They beat yeah. the defending national champ in the SEC championship, and they don't get in. You would have felt pretty bad for them, too. So no matter what, you weren't going to feel great about this. Um, and that speaks to the system in place. And I guess it'll get better with 12. I guess with, that's what <laughs> yeah, we'll expect. Um, we'll see. I mean, so case in point, I thought it would be fun here to take this exercise with the NFL and do our uh -huh. own NFL playoff, right? Rank your top four. Who are the four best teams in the NFL if we were doing a, an NFL playoff committee? Just to maybe show how difficult this actually is. Um, yeah. So, Jody, we were given this task. Who are your four NFL playoff teams? All right, so uh, one quick question. Did you did you want to just say there's no NFC, AFC? They're all just one conglomerate? Or Yep, take your okay. four, dude. Your four okay, best. So... Just like the college football playoff committee, your criteria is the four best. <laughs> okay. So the fourth was the hardest one. I'll just say that off of it. But number one, I got the Niners. Number two, I'm going Ravens. Three, I got the Eagles. Four, like I said, tough. We could go Chiefs but they're not looking too good. We can go Cowboys. But I think they get smoked by any of these other teams. And then I, I wrote down the Texans just because I think they're hot. They they play good ball, but this is also just based off of the, the records that I was looking at. So that fourth one, toss-up between Cowboys, Chiefs. I'm just going to roll with the Cowboys. Okay. All right. 
I also had at number one, the 49ers. They have the number four strength of schedule in the league right now. They have the head-to-head victory against the Eagles in Philadelphia by a resounding margin. And so so I've got the, the 49ers at one. At two, I have the Eagles. They have the number one strength of schedule. They have a 10-2 and two record against that strength of schedule, right? So um, pretty pretty difficult to top, you know, and they're only, you know, they lost a bad one to the Jets, but it was on the road. They lost a mm-hmm. tough one to the number one team in the 49ers at home. So yeah. for that, I'm giving them the two spot. At three, I have the Ravens. You know, their dominance against the Lions and the Seahawks were very impressive. They have the number one um average winning percentage during games right now so essentially Uh in you know the stat tells you in game how often are they projected to win okay they're number one in that so like in most games it seems like they are going to win the game or they have a high projection to win a lot of the games they're playing in and they also have a plus 137 average margin of victory or um um, total margin of victory so they're they're beating people up um, a lot so like you, I had same three teams, little different order, but same three teams. And yeah. then I also struggled with number four. Number four was tough. Um, yeah. Instead of giving you four, I'll give you six and five first. Um, okay. Or I'll give you seven. So it's seven. I went with the Lions. The Chiefs were their only marquee win, but that Ravens loss was really bad. Um, or the yeah, Chiefs was a marquee win, but that's... That's their only marquee win. The strength of schedule is not great. And then that one other big dog they played, the Ravens, they got smoked. So I had the Lions at seven. At six, I had the Cowboys. I think they would really get penalized for that loss to the Cardinals. That's like losing to a bottom of the the, the barrel power five team. You know, that's like losing to, I don't know, I'll give you a team this year. Maryland, I don't know. Yeah, a a team like Purdue this year. Um, So... That's a tough loss. And then also the fact that you get smoked by the 49ers, you know, at least you True. you weren't even competitive. So, and then overall, <laughs> they, have a, they have a poor strength of schedule up until, you know, beating the Seahawks last week and then the Rams getting a win. They didn't have a win against a team without a losing record, right? Now they have two yeah. wins against teams at six and six, but they still don't have a win against a team with a true winning record. So mm-hmm. for that, they get heavily penalized. At five, I have the Dolphins. Um, they lost to the Chiefs. And they have a poor strength of schedule. True. However, they do also have a lot of numbers that favor them. Um, so it was really close. But at the end of the day, I couldn't put them in over the Chiefs um, yeah, because they had the loss head-to-head. So the Chiefs, they have that one of the Dalton, Dolphins. They have the number 14 strength of schedule. Then you just you have Mahomes and then the number three scoring defense in the NFL right now. So I know they're coming off a loss to the Packers. So probably not like a popular pick right now, but I would yeah. still go with the Chiefs ultimately if we're talking about the four best. So 49ers, Eagles, Ravens, Chiefs. Yeah, I think yeah. part of the reason mine like varies a lot from yours is just simply because I was going off of up until now, you know. I wasn't planning on anything moving forward because that's what we haven't seen. So I don't know if that plays a factor or not. But no, I mean, everything – Everything I was looking at was all like up until this point statistically. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think the, the argument at four, there's probably four teams you could legitimately five teams you could legitimately give it to. And it's really, you know, your, your 
makeup of eye tests versus metrics that you like. And again, mm-hmm. this is why that's kind of st- hard a stupid a stupid way to choose who your playoff teams are. It's yeah. more of an in- invitational than it is a true playoff. So, um, but uh, we'll keep it moving here, um, and we're gonna get to awards. Show. First word we give out, we got the Tukwa Gamer of the Week. I'll kick it off. I'm going DK Metcalf on that Thursday game. For me, a big week of just efficiency. You know, doing the most you can with so little. DK, my guy got three tutties, right? You know, uh, six catches on eight targets, 134. Just very simple. Doing the most he can with the little plays. I know one of them was like 60 yards on like their first drive, third play in, like he another one, you know, he had a nice little slant across the middle, caught that one. And then he had the one Gino just laughs up to him. Like my guy went nutty. It's simple. Very efficient. Did the best impression of the the like Randy Mostat or Jerome Bettis, right? Two rushes, two yards, two touchdowns. DK Metcalf, my gamer of the week. Love it. Love it. I'm going to go with Gardner Minshew from the Indianapolis Colts. He went uh, 26 for 42, 312 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Three for four for 68 yards and the game-winning touchdown in overtime. Um, Just tremendous production. From a backup quarterback, you know, he helped his team earn a huge win in the wild card race. And, um, you know, I mean, he's probably the best backup quarterback in the league. We talked about this when we did the QB tiers a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, you know, he's just he's playing really well for a backup quarterback right now. He's keeping them in games, and he's That's winning sure. them games. So good for Gardner Minshew, good for um, the Colts, and gamer of the week, Gardner Minshew. The show. Moving ahead, my dog of the week. Back to that efficiency, Mark, I was talking about. I'm rolling Debo Samuel. Same thing. My guy, he had he went four for four on his catches, 116 yards, two touch, two touchdowns. He ran the ball three times, 22 yards, another touchdown. Not to mention my dudes out there returning the kickoffs, right? Like, he was doing it all that game. Very, like I said, very efficient. Using very minimal things to score three touchdowns as well. Like, dog of the week right there, my guy. He, you can't arm tackle the guy. We, we saw that against the Eagles. He had a uh, just running through people. Then you can't arm tackle. You gotta, you gotta, you you gotta do some form tackling. That's what we need. Debo's just a dog. Debo is a dog. <laughs> yak ability, um, my man goes nutty every time. The yak ability is crazy on him. Um, so we got the minor setback for a major comeback. I'm just going with the Eagles. Just the whole yeah. team. I'm not worried about them. I know people yeah. are. They yeah. got their they got their tails kicked. They got their teeth kicked in on their home field. But um, you need that sometimes. Well, this is what I would say. Um, the Niners were upset about last year and the True. way that things went down. They didn't have their quarterback. They talked a bunch of smack afters. Philly talked it right back because it's Philly, and they don't back down from anyone. All that talk went all the way through the offseason, into the season. Mm-hmm. Um, the Eagles had played a gauntlet of a schedule to that point. Road, home, all over the place. Multiple Super Bowl contenders. And 
it, they were going to have to take a loss at some point yeah, in this someone. schedule. It was inevitable. You'd rather happen it now than in the playoffs. I think it's just going to fuel Philly. And they still control their own destiny for the one seed. If they went out, they're the one seed. So yeah, at true. the end of the day, I'm not worried about Philly. I think this is more a product of their schedule than it was they're not good. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not worried about Philly at all. Minor setback, major comeback. The Eagles, they got the Cowboys this week on the road. That's going to be a great game. The Cowboys yeah. have won their last, what is it? What are we at now? 14, 13 games at home. So Philly's got a tough task, right? And they need to win it to keep control of the one seed. So we're in for a big game there. For sure, for sure. And then this week, the no cap hats off award. This one, it came from the Bengals game. Our, our guy, Jake Browning, threw the, threw the ball across to the side to Tyler Boyd, right? Caught in the backfield behind the line, or behind where he threw it initially, right? So he could still throw the ball. And if had he thrown the, the deep ball to Jamar Chase, you know, it's probably a tutty, if not like a 30, 40 yard gang easy. But instead, my dude gets nervous, looks around like, oh no, where do I throw the ball? Sees his running back on the other side of the field. So I think it's an easier throw to throw to Jamar Chase 30 yards up the field as opposed to 40 to 50 to your right, to your running back, just because he got scared, you know? So. He throws it across the field to the other, the other side of the field and literally was staring down the running back that the defender just turns around, picks it off, and now they got the ball on, like, the 10-yard line going in. Like, I don't know, bad play by him. Just you would never think that would happen. He, he could have took the sack and still had the ball or, you know, just thrown it deep and maybe nothing happens. So that was my no cap hats off of the week. Yeah, um, I can't really add much more. It was one of the weirdest plays I've seen in the entire football season. It really did resemble the original play that was the no cap hats off. Mac Jones throwing it to Khalil Mack, or um, I'm sorry, yeah. um, um, the receiver who's with the Raiders now. Holy smokes, I can't. Jacoby Myers. Jacoby or... Myers just literally throwing it right back to Khalil Mack on a lateral for a touchdown. Um, yeah. That, yeah, yeah. There, there's that's it was like that play. I mean, just you're like, what? Um, all right, so we got to move it to the uh, the Strahan Munoz big fellow award. Um, yes, sir. I'll go first on this one. I've got Khalil Mack, he's the sack leader in the NFL right now, kind of quietly. Yeah, he I has didn't 15 sacks, he's 15 sacks now on the year. He had a two sack game. Uh, against the Patriots, and you know he helped his defense keep him scoreless. Those sacks were big. Say, that was a a gritty game, six to zero. Gritty is the nicest thing you could have used to describe that game. Yeah, six to zero. <laughs> it was a it was a terrible game. Um, but Khalil Mack showed up, showed out. Sir, yes, sir. Gotta love that. For me, I'm doing a double Munoz. Same same game, just opposite sides, opposite teams, I should say. Uh, I got Laramie Tonsil from the Texans, and I'm going Garrett Bowles from the Broncos. Both left tackles, both doing the same thing. Uh, Tonsil's number 78, and Bowles is 72. So the, the strengths I've seen from Tonsil, my dude's strong. He's Bro, he would literally just stand everyone up. Like He would just manhandle people, just make sure they ain't going nowhere, and just like shove them out the way. He's really quick. He had a couple pulls he was doing well on. 
He his only flaws in the game. He had a false start and then let up a sack, but he got bull rush on that one. So like, uh, actually no, the sack that's a lie. The sack was not a bull rush. He he stepped up in the pocket, and so at that point the the defender just like shed him real quick and hopped on the quarterback. But yeah, I loved the things he was doing. He was looking real good. They, these dudes were playing very similar. Just one of them has more strength than the other, and the other one's really good at just like technique. You know what I mean? Which was Garrett Bowles. He was he has nice kick step, really good in the pass pro. His vision in the pass pro was crazy too. Same with like the things I always talk about where they they like pick up the the stunts and everything. He was doing all that well. He's a little bit older, so his, when he was pulling, it was a little bit slower, but he was still able, like I said, strong enough to get the people out of the way, get the hole going for the back, and then. He was really good at keeping his space. Like, if he was on the one-on-one, like he he would be able to just keep him out there in the open field and like not let the the defender get by him. It, it was nice. So yeah, I got two dudes in the same game. That's my Munoz dudes. Love it, love it. When we get to highlight the big fellas. Um. All right. Now we're going to the Who's Cooking Award. Quarterback who's cooking, or maybe one who Sorry. isn't. Um. <laughs> I'm going to go with a guy, Joe Flacco. All yeah, right. He was looking good. Now, if he was not a chef, playing in forever. Yeah. I mean, if he was a chef, right? It's like that chef that came out of retirement, yeah. cooked up a full dish, put it on the plate. And when he went to plate it, everything was looking good, tasting good. But then when he went to plate it, he messed up like the, uh, the, uh, the dressing of it, you know what I mean? Like the, yeah. the side pieces. He messed that part up right at the end. <laughs> right? Didn't mess up the whole dish, but you weren't like, you were like, ah, he forgot that part. You know, he's, it doesn't yeah. quite have it all the way. Right. So Flacco, he was impressive coming off the bench, off the couch, I should say. <laughs> yeah, true. He was, he was 23 for 44, 254 yards. Like just the fact that he threw 44 passes. Is yeah. Crazy. I thought that was crazy. Um, Two touchdowns. And then, of course, his one blunder was at the end of the game, six minutes to mm-hmm. go, throws that pick. Um, it was a big one, but he was good for basically the first 54 minutes of the game until yeah. things fell apart for the Browns at the end. But um, like I said, just impressive. He was even through 44 passes when he signed with the team two weeks ago. Um, his timing was great. He was on target for most of the game. Yeah. Personally, I believe he should be their starter moving forward, not oh, DT. Yeah, I agree. I so, think he gives them the best opportunity to win. Like, but like, you know, like you said, coming off the the couch from two weeks ago, like the things he did, I think he did really well. He threw nice balls, like they were pretty spot on. Granted, like you got the miscues here and there, overthrown, out of bounds, you know. But I, I think he did really well and definitely gives them the best chance to win. Love it. But for me, this dude, the young bug, week two on for him starting. We got I went Jake Browning. And back to efficiency, bro. 32 for 37, 354 yards, one touchdown. He got two rushes, 22 yards, a touchdown. He even caught a ball. It was for a loss of seven, but he caught a ball. And my dude just was looking nice. I, he, he, we were talking about, I guess I shouldn't say we, but he was talking about, like, if he, he, once he got his shot, he, he was going to make something do with it, right? That's what he did this week versus the Jaguars. Got that dub ski. Looking real nice, making making great plays. You know, his his receivers were I mean, T. Higgins came back. That's huge. That probably definitely helps out a lot, just not relying on our guy Jamar Chase. So Jake Brandon, 
spreading the ball around to the squad, getting it done on that Monday night game. Yeah, he uh, he was awesome. I mean, turned the back to the clock and made himself look like Washington Jake Browning there. Yeah, Just really nice. efficient. Not a huge arm, but very efficient. Makes smart decisions. Um, protects the football. I think he does a pretty good job. And, you know, I think uh, I think the Bengals have a have a shot. They still got They've time. got a shot. Yeah. They've he, got a he's shot. Definitely with giving them a good chance. That first week, I doubt it. But after last week, especially versus the Jags, like that's a that's a playoff team right there. Possibly, maybe you know, maybe not. I don't know. Depends what happens with Trevor Lawrence going forward. But they were definitely in the race to be there. Last award we got, or I guess my last award, I got to give out. <laughs> I got the Boo Boo Evans Award. This one's tough. This team, you know, they don't ever know what they're doing week in and week out. They're in the run to make the playoffs for their division. But, you know, sometimes they want to run the ball. Sometimes they want to pass. Sometimes they can't do either, really. But I'm giving it to Drake London from the Falcons. My dude went one, one catch on five targets for eight yards. His, la- his only catch was right before half. Got out of bounds, and that was it. His dude, Desmond Ritter, needs to help him out a little bit. He he gives him bad balls, man. He was throwing him out of bounds, like right on the sideline, but far enough to where you can't get your toes in. And then he, he threw him in traffic, too, a couple times. Like, he's going to get his dude hurt out there, especially Drake London, bro. That dude's balling. Not balling, but he's a good dude. He's a good ball player. That's what I meant to say. So, Desmond Ritter, you got to lock it in for Drake London because you're going to get him hurt if you keep throwing him bad balls. Big facts, bro. Desmond Ritter, not the guy. I am a, definitely not. But, but, <laughs> but hey, um, that's what you're working with, though. Last award here. It's the Standing on Business Award. The Dolphins, eight and a half point favorites over the Commanders, and they won big. Capital yeah. Big, forty five to fifteen. Mike McDaniel, Tua, and Tyreek. They're all standing on business over there in Miami, and. uh We'll see if they can keep it pushing despite losing their guy, Jalen Phillips. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Closing out the day today, the banger of the week. That's me. I got this one came from Johnny, actually, on Thanksgiving. He put me on, and I'm going to say I'm locked in. It was you, Did you ever watch the original Squid Games? Yeah, I did. Okay, so they, they came out with a new version. It's called the Squid Games Challenge, or Squid Games The Challenge. It's on Netflix as well. They... Ooh. They basically just remade it with real people somewhere in the U.S. I don't know where. And real like, granted, people? Yeah, yeah. Like they had a, a squad of 456 people. They're now the top three. And I think the the last episode came out yesterday. So I'm like not they're not killing people though. Like the no, TV no, no, show. no. They have they have a little <laughs> ink thing on their chest that like when when they're supposed to quote unquote die, like the thing pops and they gotta like fall over. Dang. Kind of funny. But yeah. That, that that that's been really good. He put me on that one. He told me about it, and I I smoked that that whole series within like two days. I was like, this is really good. So yeah, if you've seen the original, definitely check out that one. It's it's a lot more like I don't know. I I don't want to say inclusive, but like interesting. I guess I don't know. Can't think of a word. But just because it's like everyday people, and they're all generally trying to win this bread, and I want to see how they close out with the the. The top two. I don't know how that's gonna play out with, you know, everyday people. So I want to. I want to know how that works. But yeah, that's what I've been watching. Okay. All right. 
Um, I might have to watch that because I did like the TV show. So yeah, um, no, yeah, definitely get that checked out, bro. Cool. Well, uh, we appreciate everyone being with us. I know it was a shorter episode today. Just uh, trying to keep keep up with the long week, and uh, we we'll hope you enjoyed it. And uh, we'll let our guy Ray Ray take us out. Section in the stands going crazy. Everybody turning up, we putting on a show. Boomers, we be popping in the people, yeah, they love. 951 be the city, never change. We the Chaparral Boomers, everybody know their name. We ain't here to make friends, we gon' let them see. Get your chain snatched like a key crab tree. Squad for lagoons, be ready to bring the pain. Show them how we do, we about to let it bang. About to go and get it, kill them with the swag. Trying to act tough, they be looking, we just laugh. See them getting mad, cause they know we ain't stressed. Be prepared for this moment, we done passed all the tests. Been through the rain, been through the struggle. We ain't never break, we just put on more muscle. Put on for the city, man, running with the pride. Friday night lights when the boomers come alive. Throw your boomers up, we gon' get it, that's right. Friday night lights, we turn up tonight. In the best spot, if you on the other side. Time to let it bang, make them feel that boomer pride. Let it bang, let it bang, let it bang, get yeah. Let it back, let it back, show them how I put my do it, let it back, let it back, yeah, turn me up, let it back, let it back, let it back, let it back, let it put on for the city, that's really all that we do, yeah, nothing to lose and a whole lot to prove, on the field late and I'm in the gym early, overtime on my grind, I can see him worry, put the pads on, we about to bring the boom, the legion of doom, everybody better make room, you can see the fuse from the fire, product of the pain and the hunger and desire, talking like you want it, man, I hope you ain't Line, bottom line, we the boomers, but we feeling like some lions. Dropping off heat at your feet every week. Everybody wanna be a beast till it's time to eat. Oh, we gon' see if you really bought it. You can handle me, boy, I really doubt it. Putting in work, being steady with the grind. You ain't taking nothing, play this is all mine. Ah. Throw your boomers up, we gon' get it, that's right. Friday night lights, we turn up tonight. In the best spot, if you on the other side. Time to let it bang, make them feel that boomer pride. Let it bang, let it bang, let it bang, yeah. Let it bang, let it bang, show them how I put my do it. Let it bang, let it bang, yeah. Turn me up, let it bang, let it bang, let it bang, let it bang. Blood, sweat, tears, time getting near. I've been saying that for so long, now it's here. Come through the whole chin, checking everybody. We just put them in the dirt, man, treat it like a hobby. Oops, I mean happy, L's can't have it. We ain't standing around waiting for nothing, we grab it. I remember putting in work all alone. Now my team with me and we all in the zone. Never giving nothing, so you better understand. We don't care about your plan, this is Boomer Pride Land. Get into the huddle, tell the fellas, turn it up. Fourth quarter coming, throw them double deuces up. Let them know what's up, man, the crowd never dying. Refugee keep holding me, man, quit crying. Put your Boomers up, show them Boomer Pride. Friday night lights when the Boomers come alive. I throw your Boomers up, we gon' get it, that's right. Friday night lights, we turn up tonight. In the best spot, if you on the other side. Time to let it bang, make them feel that Boomer Pride. Let it bang, let it bang, let it bang, get yeah. Let it back, let it back, show them how I put my do it, let it back, let it back, yeah, turn me up, let it back, 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 let it back.